Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 11, Episode 6. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And I'm Don, Big Bad Don. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don, it has been a while since you have been on the show with us, so welcome back firstly. Um, How have you been and how's how's the start of the season been for you? Like, There's obviously lots that we haven't really spoke about, including the appointment of Nuno. So like, where are you at at the moment as a Spurs fan and, and how do you reflect on how the season's going so far? Um, well, firstly, I'd just like to say a massive shout to ASD for helping me to go to the first game of the season. Um, so it kicked off really well watching us beat Man City um, with all the anxiety of whether... Kane was leaving or not leaving I was able to kind of I suppose alleviate those anxieties in one fell swoop with you know a a result against uh, you know one of the best teams in the league but I think since then there's been a a doubt in my mind and even though you know that was followed up with two victories I still felt that there was something missing and maybe you know I was hoping that maybe, you know, when the new players kicked in, that those problems would go. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Nuno. Mm. I'm just not. And I, I'm, it sounds quite um, negative about him. It's it, certain situations and changes that he's made during games has made it worse for me. Um, I feel like the club, their appointment was maybe forced because of other candidates not wanting to take the job. Um, and I feel that um, although we've addressed some issues during the summer, I don't feel that we have really addressed the ones that should be addressed. And it's not necessarily the players that are um, bringing players in. I actually think it's, it's, it's actually players going. That That's my issue. I think that some have to go. Some of these players that we, we had from last season should not be there. So that's that's where I'm at, at the moment. Um that's yeah, that's me. Yeah. Good. Well look, we've got a um we've got a victory to talk about from the weekend yeah. against Aston Villa. Um I went into this game, if I'm totally honest, thinking this is gonna be a really difficult game and it did prove to be that. Like, you know, Villa have got um they've got some pretty dangerous players. Um, in from an attacking point of view, but you know what? They've just got some really good, solid Premier League players. If you think of like Mings, McGinn, Cash, they've got an excellent goalkeeper in Martinez. Like, it's just some players that are just solid pros, um, and they really seem to have um, found a way of playing. And they're just they're just quite solid and compact, quite difficult and awkward to play against. Um, I was going into it under no illusions that it was going to be a tough game. Uh, saw the uh, obviously saw the lineup. Um, pleased that we tweaked the formation slightly. 
He's been playing 4-3-3 a lot, and he went more, with a much more rigid 4-2-3-1, with Skip and Hoiberg both sort of sitting in midfield, freeing up and Dembele a little bit. Um, so I was quite pleased, you know, seeing the team. That was, I think that was the type of side that most people would have picked. Um, slightly surprised that Tanganga wasn't even in the squad. I'm not sure if he's got an injury or something. I expected to sort of see him at least on the bench, but I was really happy to see Skip back in the side. Um, I don't know if, if you watched the game, you two, but... The first, I would say, two and a half, three minutes, we were horrendous. We were absolutely all over the place. Um, and Nuno was going absolutely mad on the side. Just like basic, just not, not ready for kickoff. And just like really simple things like first minute of a game, put the ball in their half, get up the pitch and we played ourselves into so much trouble and pressure. And it was like, I actually thought the first 10, 15 minutes, Villa looked quite dangerous. But then Skip and Hoybjerg sort of got a bit of a, a, a grab of the game. Um, controlled the tempo and the speed and that that we were playing at and, and from then on you know what I actually thought we played pretty well like 2-1 is quite a tight scoreline and there were periods sort of last 10 minutes where Villa were really sort of throwing everything at us but it was a good performance it was one of the better ones of the season if not the best one of the season so far um, I thought Undembele had a very very good game and I'm not his biggest fan but he played really really well for the entirety of the 70 minutes he was on you know how normally he'll have like a good 10 minutes and then he'll go off of it and he'll go missing for 10 and then he'll come back. Like He just played well for the duration of the game. Uh, but for me, like Oliver Skip is such a brilliant footballer. Like I, I like he played so well again against Villa. Hoiberg is obviously getting a lot of the credit for his goal. And, you know, so he was sort of setting the, the tempo of the press and all that in the middle of the pot. But Skip is such a talented player. His forward passing honestly, is not talked about enough. I think people just see him as a ball winner. His forward passing into the front three is unbelievable. And he must have played half a dozen brilliant 15-yard balls into that front line. Um, and then we went on and attacked from there. But it was a really, really good performance. Like We deserved to win. Um, like bit of a like, good feeling back in the ground as well, which was nice because it has been a bit, everyone's been a bit edgy the last few games. So it was good to have that back. But all in all, for me, a really, really good win against a good Aston Villa side that will be, you know, a, a top half team. So I was I was really pleased coming away from it. What what did you both make of the game if you watched it? And like was there any players that stood out for you? ST? I mean, you've covered so many bloody points, Jack. The um <laughs> Villa, uh Villa are a really good team. I thought we might lose to them, to be honest, because obviously coming off them beating Man United, you know, deservedly beating Man United. Um they're a good team. Skip, I think Skip's great. I I wonder if you've got a bit of the the positional bias because he plays in like sort of around the mm. you know how like the pundit on Sky will always give the man of the match to a player in their position. Like Jermaine Genus always gives it to um in the middle of the park. Like if you were right back, would you have thought Emerson was the best position on the park? Uh, obviously, it's not all of that. He, he's playing really well. The one thing I'm, I, I was thinking is no one's even talking about Winks. Like we don't miss him at all. Like and no one's talking about Sissoko because you know, there was all there was always that chat about Sissoko that he was actually doing a good job and we might miss him. Not at all. Not at all. And we called for the four-two-three-one ages ago, and funnily enough, it's happened. Like Mora, I thought was brilliant. So unselfish. He's so unselfish in his in his work rate. He, he created the first goal. He dragged players all over the place. I thought Mora was brilliant. But there's there's one player that we need to talk about, and that's Kyung Min Son, the most important player in our team, oh. probably the best. Not maybe not the best player in the league, but I I genuinely think he could go into any single team. Incredible. 
in the in the league. You know, and sorry, yeah. man. Well, I was I was reading. So FIFA, there's a football game that's come out. I'm not going to give it advertising. I've, I know I've just said it uh, partially because it's 50 quid, and I think that is is horrendous. If you consider how much money they make out of an uh, FUT, um, I, I I think it's actually immoral what they're doing. Um, at 50 quid, I think that's disgusting. But I was reading a review of it and they talk, They were talking about the balance between arcade and realism and they were talking about how strikers, to, it, to win, you need to have a, a striker that runs really quickly, really. And so they're like, actually, Harry Kane, even though he's like an 89 or whatever, he's not actually that useful because you actually just want someone who's rapid. And I think that, that you could put that into real life, whereas Harry Kane's obviously amazing. But I think Sun would be... Stato asked the question in the group, didn't he? Is, is son harder to replace than Kane and I think he is I, I, I do think he is because you can re- replace Kane with another striker you might have to play a little bit differently but you can replace him with another striker how hard would it be to replace son who can pass who can shoot with both feet who's rapid I, I think he's one of the best players we've ever had now he's, he's just yeah. climbing my rankings he's unbelievable what, what I think was amazing as well ASD from son against Villa I've never seen him have a game like that where he wasn't in the game that much and often with Sun, it's sort of like he has to be absolutely dominating a game and just he's in the thick of it to have to, you know, to put in these incredible performances. If you think back to games where he's scored big goals, he's always played really well in those matches as well. Mm. Whereas at the weekend, he, he had quite a quiet game. Like we, The ball was down the played down our right side with Emerson and Lucas Moore a lot more than it was down our left. And That's the difference right. for me yeah. was those moments where he was in the final third, he was clinical with his assists. And it's like he didn't get on the score sheet, but to have quite a quiet game and still be able to completely change it and make two brilliant passes for both the goals, like that is, he is such a top player now. It's incredible. And to have him, I mean, where would we be without him now? Like, you know, Stato saying, is he our most important player? Yeah. By a country mile. By a country mile. Like, do you know what I mean? He is, for us now, he is absolutely irreplaceable because um, I don't think that there's another player really out there that is similar to Sun. The only one really of recent years, and he seem, his form seems to be sort of dipping. I don't know if he's peaked, is Mane at Liverpool, right? Uh, that's a player that's not too dissimilar from what Sun does. But at the minute, God, there's no one, is there? there uh, there's not a player really in world football that you'd think in that left-hand side of midfield, that attacking channel is is better than him. I wouldn't swap him for anybody, I don't think. The only one you can think of is Salah, really, who, who is sort of doing that, cutting in from the wing, coming in. But I think Salah's far more selfish. And, I mean, he won't shake hands with any Israeli players. So, well, we've got we've got that to, to talk about. But um, I, I thought it was a thoroughly good performance. And I think it was really nice to see... Just everything changed around this experiment. In Emerson played really well. I thought he's he great did have to a see. Game actually, yeah. he did, and, and we've all, I think, we've all been a bit concerned about him since he's come in because he hasn't uh, been, he hasn't played fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, I thought he had a really good game. I, I'm, um, I, I'm probably one of the people that hasn't been that concerned yeah, about him. Either. I think against Palace, he did get a, a, a baptism of fire. I think that it was, it was pretty tough on him for those opening first half. But he handled himself really well. And when you see that sometimes in the play, you know that you're, it's going to be all right. Yeah, you might not have had the best game, but um, he's not, you know, I mean, it, I'm not going to come down too hard on Matt Doherty, but um, he's so much better than him. And, you know, he's he looks like he's going to be a better right back than 
Serge Aurier is for us. So, yeah, he's, you know, it's it's one of these things, like just like Romero, it's, it's going to take a little time for them to bed in, but you can already see that um, he, he's got the qualities to succeed at right back. Let's not forget, this is a 22-year-old young man. Exactly. Who is, is from Brazil, played for Barcelona, was put forward as Barcelona's great right back hope this season, and now has been chucked into a club in North London where the atmosphere must be a bit rough. You know, and he's, he's doing... Like, two months ago, he just signed for Barca and signed like a five-year deal at Barca and was like, here we go, I'm going to be settled here for a while. It's crazy. So he's been... So he's playing for Atletico Mineiro and then he went on loan to Betis. Then he signed for Barcelona in 2019, but then went back on loan to Betis and played 67 times. He's half Malagasy, so he's half from Madagascar. Uh, which is interesting. Capital Antananarivo, if you're asking. I was I went to Madagascar once and they were like, um, they said, uh, don't go out at night by yourself. And so we didn't. And they they said because the week before an American woman had gone out into the market by herself and a guy said, come here, I've got some jewellery to show you. Took her down a side alley and, it's, and robbed her. But instead of like taking her rings, they chopped off her right hand and took the hand with the rings on it and just went Whoa. away. Yeah, and so like just that it's mental. Just don't. But um, love. Apart from that bit, lovely. It's, Other uh, holiday destinations are available. If, on, uh, honestly, if Madagascar, my favourite place I've ever been, <laughs> and I got <laughs> loads of rings. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Emerson Royal's good. Sun's good. Kane, I, I, it just looked a bit arrogant again. But uh, Mora loved him. Hoiberg, great. Skip, great. It was just a nice Romero mental. Cool. Uh, I, you know what? The more I'm seeing of Romero, like he he looks like he's going to be a good a good buy. Um, and it's like he just has to be played every week. That's you know it. what I mean? It's like you can't That's spend it. 45 minutes on the centre half and not play him. Like stick him in. I thought Dyer. I think Dyer's done okay this season. Anyway, like that for me. That's that's the pairing that you got to go with. That seems to be the best choice. I like Romero because he's a front foot defender, isn't he? Like he wants to. He wants to push up the pitch. He does crazy things in games. Like, again, at one point, he overlapped Lucas Moura. And, like, Hoiberg had to come back and play centre-half. And you're just thinking, you're a defender, mate. Get back. Um, he but he looks good. That very, very, very He looks, very, good. He very looks good on the ball, though. Don't you think? I thought he... Re- when he did that, I was like... But he does look good on the ball. It's not yeah. like a... You know, he's up there and you think, well, he doesn't... He shouldn't be up there. He looked yeah, yeah. really good. He looked confident on the ball. Hey, that was a sort of... It, it, that felt like something was coming together a little bit, you know. He's it, there was a bit of a plan, a bit of an action, you know. The four-two-three-one suits so us. Send Don Bele finally doing what we want him to do. It just all sort of worked. I like Gio. I know he hasn't done enough and he needs to deliver the season, but he came on and contributed. I don't know. It's just it all seems. But I don't know why we're not playing Brian every, every game. You know, um, it, it, I, I'm just going back to and Don Bele. I know Jack was Jack was right. He had a good seventy minutes. Well, I felt that um, he's had better moments in games where he's done less. It was very, yeah. it was very consistent seventy minutes, but it wasn't, it wasn't his best time for, for mm. us. I thought that's. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I know what you mean, Don. Like, there's, a, there wasn't like a well, there. Were, I think I had about seven or eight wow moments watching him but there wasn't like a massive wow moment. You know, normally watching you think oh, it's an incredible bit of play, but for me. I've not seen him play live that much because obviously of COVID and all of that. And it's like when we had him under pot, you know, when we didn't have, he didn't see, I haven't seen him, I've probably seen him in less than 15 games live. Mm-hmm. And it's like <laughs> some of the things that he does that you just sort of like as a supporter, just take for granted. Mm-hmm. Like 
his his awareness and his first touch and his ability as a midfielder to take the ball on the half turn is incredible. Like honestly, I've never seen a midfielder be able to do do it as well as he does. And I'm talking like the best players I've ever seen play. Like he receives the ball better than anybody I've ever watched, and that's like including and some big names: Skulls, Iniesta, Gerard. He takes the ball better than any of them. It's incredible what he can do. It's just that. It's just getting that decision-making bit correct about what to do where. But his talent, honestly, it is remarkable. There was a bit of play that he did, which was in the second half, and he'd made a run really sort of into like an orthodox right midfield position. And he took the ball over his shoulder, which is one of the hardest controls to do, killed the ball dead instantly, went past two and then played like a 30-yard switch. And it was just like, I, I sat there, I went with my dad and I sat there and I was like, that is unbelievable. Like that is, and it's like, it didn't get any reaction from the fans or anything, but I was like, what we've just seen now is like only sort of like 0.1% of the world's population can do that. Like that is how good that is. Like it is absolutely incredible. It's just moments like that when you watch him and it's like, he is a really enjoyable player to watch, but he's equally so frustrating. But I have to say watching him against Villa at the weekend, that is the most enjoyable performance that I've seen from him because it's the opposite of what you said, really, there, Don. He was consistent for 70. And for me, I'm like, I'd rather him be an 8 out of 10 consistently than be a 10 out of 10 in one game and then be a 4. Like, if, if he can be consistent, we've got a great player there, but he hasn't been consistent. So that was why I got so excited watching him against Villa, because I was like, this is the type of performance that I want to be able to see. Now go on a run of the next 10 games doing that. And then it's like, OK, we've got a quality player. Is, is that the team? Is that the team that... Is that our best team, do you think? I think it's going to... I think it depends on your opposition, doesn't it? But I think a lot of those... I think the back four... I like Tanganga still, to be honest. And it's like, I'd still like to see a back four that incorporates him somewhere. But at the minute, you'd probably say that's the strongest back four. It has to be Hoiberg and Skip. For me, there there can't be any other combination. And then really, in front of them, it's either Undembele... Lo Celso, Brian maybe. De- I mean, Delhi is now now after it's only one game, but Delhi now looks so far from that side. Do you know what I mean? From you know he, he started the first few games, didn't he? But he now looks so far from it. And then at the minute, Lucas. I think Lucas Moore has probably been our best player this season. It's like you can't take him out the side. Son again, absolute now don. And yeah, you probably say Kane still is as well. So I'd say nine of those players are. Um, are nailed on starters now. It's just tweaking it slightly. And it's like in some games, do you want to play? Do you want to bring Brian into that front three, but leave Undumbele and almost have like two tens to it? You don't mean you can tweak it tactically, but I think that is around about what our best side is. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'd love to see Roden in there because I, I see him as a replacement for Dyer, just very blunt tool. And if we've got him, why not play him? You know, like Dyer's, Dyer's not on his way out, but he's, he's definitely at least peaked, if not, is on his yeah. way down. Why not? And if, if we're not going to use him, why have him? I know he's coming back from uh, from injury, and I, I am biased. We'd expect to see him in the conference league, wouldn't we? We'd expect yeah, yeah. to see him sort of cement. And you you really would think a back four then in the conference league to be something like, at the minute, Tanganga, Roden, Sanchez, Davis. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. Doherty's not even getting in that side of them. Do you know? I, I just, I don't know why we... It's, do you see... Um, uh, Aurea signed for Villarreal, which is yeah. great because there was a chance he was going to sign for Arsenal, which I'm glad that hasn't happened. But I I would rather have kept Aurea than 
um, Doherty because at least he's done something for us. There must have been some attitude thing, but Doherty's just he, I've just he, he's just never had a good performance for us, has he? Like I've he just, just looks absolutely shot of confidence. Like I'd put him and Wink sort of in the same category of like like they look gone. Do you know what I mean? It's just you know sometimes you watch a player and you think oh they're struggling a little bit, but like they strike you as like having a bit of character to be able to sort of get out the other side and. Doherty, he, honestly, he looks like a shell of the player that we saw at Wolves. Absolute shell of a player. You know, I never I never saw him at Wolves. I have to be honest, I never, ever saw him. I, you know when you just don't watch a player? You watch, may have watched Wolves, but I never, you know, yeah, yeah. player-watched Doherty. But, you know, you're right. We've never had one good game out of him. Not one. And... Um, I'm the same as you, ASD. I, I kind of wish we had just kept Aurea, even if it was for the year and just got rid of, you know, and, and just got rid of Dorothy because it's not really working out. And like you said, Jack, now it was a bit strange that Tanganga was, wasn't on the bench. And that I was quite fearful at that point because if anything had gone wrong, then we would have seen Dorothy and then mm. well, who knows what could have happened. I think, the, remember Nuno came in really late. I think it's just rotation. He's just trying to work it out. And he had to do something, didn't he, after that yeah. Arsenal result so maybe it's just that I'm what I'm hoping he's saying is just look we've got Newcastle next you'll be back in on the bench whatever the, I'm just learning I'm just trying to work it out you are part of my plans don't worry about it it's one game that's what I'm hoping it is you know well, the other thing as well with the team that played against Villa um, it struck me as a, t- a, like a team that's got a lot of energy if you sort of yeah. look all over it and I, I, we'll talk about Kane in a minute because I thought that he he had moments of absolute quality, but he still looked a little bit sluggish for me. But if you look at Son and Lucas Moura, sort of, do you know what I mean? Being able to get high and press fullbacks. People, you know, I hate that Undenbele is labelled lazy. That bugs me so much because he's not. He, he's not lazy at all. He, he, I've never seen him not try. I've seen him make defensive mistakes and sort of press in the wrong areas. But he's not lazy. Like that front three behind Kane has got legs. And then you're saying a Hoybier go and get involved in that as well. And then leaving Skip a little bit exposed. But again, he can really get about the pitch. Reggie and Emerson as your foot. Do you know what I mean? We, we oh, were really Mero. able to sort of, yeah, we were really able to sort of push up the pitch. And we did it a lot in the second half. I thought, credit to Nuno, um, that in the second half, because Villa were playing a back three. And when you're playing against the back three, you've got to be brave with your own fullbacks. And your fullbacks have to mark their wingbacks. Because a lot of times in the first half, Son and Lucas Moore ended up tracking back and were on their wing backs, and we struggled to get out at that point because we then couldn't hit the channels because they no, were back yeah. three. Whereas in, actually at half time, we weren't a lot more aggressive, pinned their wing backs in because Reggie and Emerson pushed tight, and then we had a three v three through the middle. And it was like, actually, the, the side that he selected allowed us to do that. And if you're thinking, if you bring Doherty into that side, he hasn't got the legs to be able to do that. Ben no. Davis, I know he was injured hasn't got the legs to be able to do that either. And then you're thinking about other players sort of in the middle of the park, like Winks, LaCelso, they don't get about the pitch all that well. So credit to Nuno. He's, he's got a lot of stick recently about team selection, tactics and all that. He got it right against Villa, so we have to say well done to him. We don't have the midfield for a 4-3-3. And that, that's the thing. We've got Hoiberg, but we don't have the two that would sit in front of him. It's not Delhi, Like... Really, what you want is like a Janus and a Modric there, right? It's just someone who can control it, put that energy in. But we don't have that. We've got front players and back players. And that, that's where we lost the midfield. So 4-2-3-1 fits us perfectly. It just gives us loads of flex. I'm hoping we see it more. Newcastle's the perfect game for us next, you know? And It's always an awkward away game, Newcastle. It's all, 
I've, I've done Newcastle away. Magnificent ground. Absolutely magnificent. And it is the heart of the city. I, got, I, I love, I, you got to love the Geordies. I, I'm not, I, I'm expecting a win. Just a win. Yeah. We, I mean, we need it. I mean, we've got the international break before, haven't we? Um, yeah. So there's no games this weekend. And it sort of feels like the international break came at a bad time for us. Like, just feels like we found our feet again. And then yeah. it's like we've got to wait a couple of weeks. But Newcastle are, are not a great side, but it is always a difficult game. Like, I can't remember too many matches. Or any away game in the Premier League is a tough match. But Newcastle, they get a lot of men behind the ball. Like you said, it's a good atmosphere there. Like... It's going to be a difficult game. It's a game that I would expect us to go and win, and we need to go and win, really. But again, I'm under no illusion. It's not going to be a, a walk in the park. I think, you know, just it's, it won't be a walk in the park because I think at some times, watching Newcastle, I noticed that there are some players that, um, I don't know, they, they, they tend to turn it on against teams like us. And... Um, I mean, they, they are, they're, they're a bottom side, as in, you know, bottom half of the table, but they do have the occasional bits of quality in the team. Um, and you never know, like, for instance, they, um, who's the kid that they bought from um, Arsenal? Is it Will Wilcott or? Willock, Joe Willock. Willock. <coughs> you know, he, he, he's bound to turn it on against us, you know, just to kind of, just for the sake of it, you know what I mean? He's he's the type of player that he could be an annoyance for us. I'm also sort of thinking as well, like as we get closer to the the transfer window, what do we do? Do we do we continue to to sort of persist with Kane, or do we do we look at try and look at the team that started the season at, at City? Because I, I I'd like to see that again. I, I don't know why, but something tells me that we need to kind of at least. I'm not saying when Bergwijn comes in, but maybe pl- replace Kane with with Gill. That's that to me. I feel like I'd like to see that in a Premier League game. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think there's there's a, for me there is a case in certain games, like when you're playing the likes of City and you really want to hit sides on the break. There's a there's an argument and a conversation maybe to have be had there about what's your front three or your front four and does Kane feature in it but I think there's certain games where you need sort of that focal point up top um like like Villa to be honest like Kane didn't have the best game but I think that if we hadn't have had an out and out striker up there I think we would have found it difficult to sort of link the play fundamentally right if we look back at last season we had Vinicius and we had Bale right and obviously they were both loan players they've gone back to their clubs we haven't brought anyone else in like we've lost those goals so, like, in January, we desperately need to go and get another striker. Desperately. And it's like thinking long term and in the immediacy. And it's like we've got Scarlett and we've got Parrot, who are, you know, two good young players coming through. But realistically, we're going to need someone there with Kane or to replace Kane in the next couple of seasons. Because, you know, Parrot will probably need another year out on loan in the low league. Scarlett's 17. I keep, I keep seeing people being like Chuck Scarlett. And it's like, he's 17. It's like... Maybe, you know, he can make some appearances and that potentially in some Europa Conference games, but like he's 17. Like, let's be realistic. So we definitely need to go and get another striker. That That is for sure. Um, somebody that can play with Kane, somebody that can play without. Like, ideally, you want to find a striker that can sort of, they're hard to find, but can sort of play all across the front, really. You know, I'm not saying him, but you know, like a Martial, that he can be a nine, he can play on the side, like that type of striker. Um, we could definitely do it with another body because, like I said, Vinicius and Bale, we haven't replaced those goals at all. 
No, no. I, I, I think we need more of a, just a number nine because we've got Sun who can play across the front three. Like, I think we need a focal point, right? We just need a, another striker. Just the, out hard out. Point, the hard thing is who, isn't it? Because it's yeah, like, yeah. Every, like every team in the world wants another striker. It's oh, yeah. so hard to find I them. I said it years ago. I, we should have got Roden. I, I know, not Roden. Do I mean Roden? Rondon. Rondon. You mean Rondon. Yeah, I, I've always liked the when I just he just does a job. He just does a job. Like, or we shouldn't have got rid of Lorente. I know he hasn't done much this season, but an extra season that would have just done a job for us. And that's all we need is just to do a job. Like Lorente, you can't think of many goals, but you think of scored one against City in the semi-final, in yeah. the quarter-final, and he held the ball up for Mora for the goal against Ajax. Like. That that that's it's just those moments which we and we don't have any alternatives and Kane and so when Kane's not performing it's just a it's just a bit shit isn't it? Yeah. But it's but hard yeah. right because it's like like I said every team in the league is after a, a centre forward and it's like if one does become available everyone's going to be going after them so that's the challenge we've got like there are I think there are a few good player like young youngish strikers in the Premier League. Watching Ollie Watkins at the weekend, he's a very, very good centre-forward. Like His movement, his tenacity up front, you know, there's obviously a question about can he, he doesn't link play all that well, but he's, he knows where the back of the net is. You know, and at Villa, having him and Danny Ings as their front two right. is excellent business. Um, you've got Tony at Brentford, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. again, another young lad, like, he seems to, he hasn't played that many games, but he seems to be able to do it at this level. Like there, So there are players out there, it's just finding the right one for the right price, isn't it? Well, I think that Edouard, is it Edouard at Palace who they yeah. got from Celtic? He just banged goals in for fun at Celtic. Like that, that's just what you need. It doesn't need to be a Premier League. Just go out and find one. We, they, they, they don't have to be expensive either. Anyway, anyway, I think we're, we're, we're just at the beginning stages of a painful rebuild, as we know. And we'll just, we'll make it through. January, though, we can't do much. It's it's a lone player or any emergencies. Yeah. If we get an injury, that that's it. We can't. You, nobody sells. Nobody buys in January, right? It just yeah. Good if you do. It's so inflated, isn't it? It's like the only the only real deal you do in January find a player is if you sold a big one. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? That's sort of the only bit of business you can do. But you're yeah, right. Yeah. We're not going to go and spend fifty million on someone. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't happen. No. It's the yeah. NFL at Spurs. I, I was just trying to think of where do we get the money from. It's the NFL at, at the Spurs stadium the next two weeks and there's still tickets available um well the boxing cheap. looked great didn't it just sort of like we talk about commercial spurs the aj yeah, yeah. fight the boxing looked at the stadium looked incredible he's very spursy isn't he he just a lot of huffs I, that really made me laugh all of that it really <laughs> did just I, i'm not i've never been his biggest fan I just I don't think he's a very good boxer. I know to get to his level you have to be a good boxer. I just think the the next step a bit like Wilder, the next step up. I think he's just he's a bit of youthful energy. But anyway, we we're not talking about boxing. Mm. I wanted to talk about Kane a little bit though, because yeah. there were there were glimpses in the villa game of his absolute quality. He had that shot from just inside the villa oh, half. That annoyed me. Very, very close to being one of the best goals we've seen for a long time. Not close enough, I thought. I, I, the way he took it was so arrogant. I just, if he really concentrated, he could have scored that. Like, if this was when he was hungrier, when he really wanted it, if he wanted to prove himself, I think he could have scored that. He can, he can lob a ball from there. I just, it, it was just like, I'm Harry Kane. My right boot can do it. I'm just going to apply my right boot to this ball. Oh, it didn't quite work out. It just, it irritated me. Mm. I think um, with what happened in the summer and where we are now, you know, 
well, I'm being completely honest. I've lost a bit of love for Harry. Yeah. And look, I want him to do well. I, I kind of, in some ways, because he's England captain, I want him, I want it resolved, really, so that we can move on. And he he's so frustrating at the moment because something's not quite right. Something's not quite clicking. And there are times during the match where you can you, you can see it. There is an element of not the 105% we were getting. We're not getting that anymore. We're probably just getting, he's just probably just going through the motions. And that's how it feels for me at the moment with him. Yeah. Uh, how, how about you lot? I just, you know, scoring against these Europa League teams, like, you know, that that's nothing really. It's kind of, for me, there's just something that's not quite there. Sun and Lucas both had that energy moving forward, and Kane wasn't really busting the gut sometimes to get into the box. That's the that's the thing that I'm finding the strangest with it is that with Kane, you know, we've seen him have seasons where he does start a bit slow, but for the first time, this is where sort of for me, like I watch him and I'm questioning his effort. Was like normally when he's been on runs where he hasn't scored when he first come into the team as a youngster, you could never fault that effort and the energy. And um, I don't know if he's just struggling for fitness still a little bit, but like I mean, his touch is there and his vision's there, right? And that will be something that never leaves him. But sometimes I'm just like, come on, like you know, it's those performances against Chelsea and Arsenal just really made me sort of be like, oh, like what's happened? Because obviously there's been all the speculation about his future. You'd have thought that. All of that would sort of go out the window for a derby against Chelsea and Arsenal, but it didn't really seem to. But there were signs for me at the weekend that he was getting there. But it's we're a bit spoiled, aren't we, that he's just been at such a level for so many seasons that when he's not unplayable, we're a little bit like, oh, didn't have a great game. Do you, know, do you know, just on top of that, I mean, look, I agree with you. There were signs there that it's, there is an improvement. It wasn't as bad as the other games, and especially in the second half. As we were, you know, we were 2-1 up. It looked like he wanted to resolve, let me just get this goal and then I'll feel a lot better about myself. You could see that he was trying. He saw that the, their their defence was, there was joy. He could have scored. One thing that annoyed me, and I'm just taking that aside, was him taking free kicks. I don't know why we haven't got anybody in the no. team that can take free kicks. Why is it, he's, I mean, if it's anywhere near goal, then he's on it. Occasionally, Dyer will will have a will have a crack if he's on the pitch, but that needs to be addressed. There needs to be somebody that can be can be trusted to kind of. I mean, he, he, to be fair, it's forced to save out the keeper, I think. But um, I mean, that was like the first one Don that was even on target for about two or three seasons. Wasn't yeah, it? exactly. I just I just you know that aside, and I know he scores goals, but even when he was scoring, he shouldn't really be taking free kicks. Yeah, should be taking. Yeah. I always thought back when we had Alderweireld, uh, it always shocked me that we never let him just come up and absolutely level one. You know, like a Tom Huddleston free kick, like we yeah, just yeah. pure technique, bang, come and strike it. Um, I bet in training, Romero's over him. He strikes me as that type of player that's just like, he wants penalties, free kicks. Like he just strikes me as somebody that's just a complete footballer. But I don't know with Kane, he must be unreal in training. Do you know what I mean? Like he must be, be banging him in the top corner more often than not him to constantly be on them but you'd think like Lo Celso can probably take them Brian can probably take them do you know what I mean there's two players there that are a bit more silkier that you know probably yeah. got the ability to bend in the top corner but let's see if they get a chance there's a brilliant story I heard on um, 
on another podcast with uh, the, the old magic sponge one. I'm not sure if you listen to that. That is brilliant. If you go back and listen to that, it's, it, it's brilliant. It's stopped now. It's uh, Jimmy Bullard's one from ages ago with Rob Beckett, where he just interviews his mates. It's, it's the only podcast that makes me laugh out loud. And I'm pretty sure it's that one. They, they were talking, it might have been the one with Bentley, where they were talking about they had a free day with England. And so they were all working out what they wanted to do. Some were going shopping, some were going playing golf. And David James said, that he'd seen a really nice chimney and he was going away to draw it. That's what I reckon Romero's like. Like Everyone yeah. else is playing FIFA. Romero's off doing something like amazing and unique, but also a little bit mental. Um, what player it. in the uh, Spurs team would you say has got the weirdest hobby? If you oh. had to pick one, who would be the one that would be like, yeah, I bet, that, I bet he's a little bit weird? The darkest one, Reggie. I bet he's got. he's on like the dark web doing some really dark <laughs> stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, and the other one, Gullini. <laughs> like, I bet his house is absolutely nuts. I think, I think Gullini's probably like, he strikes me as being like, not, I wouldn't say strange, but just like, you just wouldn't put the two things together. Like, I, I think he's probably making tracks in the studio. Like, you know, listening to hardcore rap and just, you know, someone knocks on his door and he's got a pen and a pad and he's sitting there with his, Italian homies just trying to write <laughs> next banger. I think that that's that's how he is. I try, I can't think of. I'm just trying to think of who, who would be who would be. Do you remember, I remember we did a podcast years ago, and um, we'd said to the listeners, "It's like write in. What do you think the players would be doing if they weren't professional footballers? Like what profession would they have?" And I remember somebody tweeting in just saying, "Ryan Mason selling tires," and it's like <laughs> it's, it's so never true. forgotten it. So you can just really see him in like a tailor can't you just selling tires and sort of yeah, yeah. doing fitted shirts and all that that's, that's never i've never forgotten about that that's one of the best comments mate do you, it's the 4th of october do you know what uh game was exactly one year ago today i don't tottenham Hotspur. well man united won tottenham Hotspur six a year ago, yeah. That was a year ago. But what a game that was. That was just a mad peak of Mourinho, wasn't it? I really thought we were going to win the league at that point. Wasn't that, that weekend, yeah, no. didn't that just have some really odd odd results? Because wasn't we beat United 6-1. Villa beat Liverpool, was it 7 or 8-2? Yeah. And didn't Leicester won 5-1 at City or something? Do you remember? It was just a weekend yeah. of really odd results. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Great times. That... And Lamella getting uh, Martial sent off for absolutely nothing was amazing. But um, that was great. Because, you know what? Yeah, I can talk about that again. Um, I've got a quiz if you want to do it. If you oh, haven't got always. Always. Let's have it. So, back when Let's I used to go, I was actually looking at an old photo album with the kids today, Don, and I found a picture of me and you at the, uh, at the Arsenal, Tottenham Arsenal, the Harry Kane's first North London derby, the 2-1. That was a great game. Um, but I've been reminiscing, but um, what, that was when I was going regularly, right? When I was going every game. And, and you but, both what, turned up on the right day for that game, yeah? That Well, we both, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, we were going to uh, Charlton for a Spurs pre-season game. Um, and I, me and Don, went to the game, but we turned up a day early. So I was in full kit and we <laughs> went to a Charlton pub and... Uh, <laughs> And we just made fun of me because we were there a day early. But um, no, but I found my heart. So what I used to do was go to games. And if it was a game I enjoyed, just, just try and find a way to download it. 
And so I've been just going back through, just finding all these games in my folder, like 13, 14, watching these weird games. And some of them, there's no reason, like a 1-0 against Newcastle type deal. (laughs) And one of them I found was Tottenham versus QPR. Harry Redknapp coming back to Tottenham. Oh, 4-0. Was that the one that we went to? I, I'm 99% sure we went to it, and uh, we went no this we went to QPR nil Spurs nil away. Right, we went away to QPR when that was freezing. That was when Sandro did his leg. Well, I've got a cough. Sandro, wasn't it? That was the coldest game I've ever been to. Sandro, what a player, eh? I you love Sandro. You do. don't like Sandro because you're racist. No. The, um, <laughs> But this game, you might remember, we had a 48-pass sequence where every player touched the ball before a player scored. <coughs> Excuse me. All I'm going to ask you is for the team. I can give you their team if you're interested. Green, Kulker, Ferdinand, Dunn, Isla, Barton, Much, Fur, Triore, Phillips and Remy. Do you remember that, Loic Remy? I remember him scoring that first time side for absolute world at QPR. It might have been against Liverpool. What was that QPR back three? Corker, Ferdinand and Dunn. I mean, yeah. legs. <laughs> yeah. I think but, Cor- Luca could you know, give them a good foot race, couldn't he? That is... Oh. It's, pretty, it's pretty rough, isn't it? Um, we've got a brilliant... We've got a team just full of names that I love. So I'm going to ask you for the first 11 and then what I'll... Year? I'll... What year? Sorry, guys. Uh, all right think it is the 24th of august 2014 i might start doing it on this weekend rather than just a random great game but okay this is 2014 so goalkeeper it must have been hugo no it, it was hugo friedel was on the bench but it was hugo uh back four just shout them out walker no nope. oh. i'm not sure uh, on the bench norton nope mm. so there was a player who played <laughs> Who who played yesterday for us? At right back. The player who played yesterday. Dyer. Dyer was at right back, number fifteen. Did he score? No. No. The left back scored in this game. As- uh, would it Asukato? No. Nope. Davis. Davis on the bench. Oh no, no, Dyer did score. Sorry, you're right. Uh, the left back assisted one of the goals. Sorry. Was Danny Rose? It was Danny Rose? Yeah. And then we had someone who. Left us season before last. Um, and a player who played for us twice. Oh, oh um, Chadley. Well, Chadley is there. He, he's the one who scored the 48 pass, so you can have that. But the back four. Yeah, this player played for Portsmouth as well. Came back, scored in against Arsenal. Kabul. Quite famously. Right, so you've got Dyer, right back, Kabul, Vertonghen. Can um, I say, I really misinterpreted that he played for us twice. I thought you meant like two appearances. <laughs> and I'm like, it was a really obscure centre-half that like, just <laughs> shocking. No, sorry. Um, and then, right, played 4-2-3-1. So I need your defensive two. One player I provided an assist for Harry Kane that you'll never forget. So ben, it's Ben Taleb. Did we say it Ben Taleb? It was Ben Taleb, yeah. Other one. Was it Mason, the other one? No. I'm not even sure Mason was on the bench. Mason wasn't on the bench. Oh, the one, number 29. Jake Livermore? No. Uh, went to play for Watford, I think. Etienne Capoue. Etienne Capoue, decent. Plays for Villarreal with, um, what's his face now? Gloria Foy. 
Spurs trio there now. Then front three, not that bad. So one of our best number 10s, but number 23. So Ericsson. And we've got Chadley, haven't we, already? Yeah, the other one, he had a mohawk at this time. Hmm. Was it it Lamella? It was Lamella. Number 10 uh, at front, unplayable at times, but and the best celebration of any Premier League, the best single celebration in the Premier League that's ever happened. Um, Emmanuel Adebayor. Emmanuel Adebayor. I'll substitute. So, Larice, Dyer, Kabul, Vatongan, Rose, Kapu, Bentaleb, Lamella, Eriksson, Chadley, Adebayor. This was in um, very early on in Pochettino's reign with us, I think. And the substitutes: Lennon, Soldado, Holtby, Kane, Dembele, Friedel, Davis. Bench is better than the starting eleven, isn't it? That's exactly what I was just thinking. But this well, is when Holtby Kane was number eighteen. Never, he never really did it for me. Holtby. Yeah, I liked him, but he was just didn't really work out, did he? Oh. Jack, Jack's not his biggest fan, but I, I just—he I, was one of them players. He used to run around a lot. Yeah, and, he was like, and everyone loved him for it. And it's like, we're not very good. I was like, I could go out there and run around a lot. I'm not going to be very good. He's at Blackburn now, and he Lewis Holtby. Hey, because he went back to Germany for a while. He's been is at he Blackburn still... for a couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, is he still there? No, he plays oh. as midfield for a second Bundesliga side, Holstein Kiel. I remember him scoring a screamer at Fulham. Yeah. In a 2-1 when Vlad Kirikas scored an absolutely outrageous 25-yard half volley where the ball, it didn't go top corner, it went bottom corner, but the ball was about two inches off the floor the whole time. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And you're like, that's our centre-half. Like, one of the weirdest players. didn't work with him. I'm absolutely gutted. Because you can see the quality. It's just that he had these moments where he switched off. But he... You can see it. Those seven signings, the Magnificent Seven, not one bad signing in there. I stand by that. They all had something about them. Just didn't work. Let's, let's, Jackson, I say. Mate, let's rank them. So the Magnificent Seven, for those of you who don't remember, we've got Palinho, Ericsson, Soldado, Chadley, Capu, uh, Lamella and... Uh, the Romanian defender you just mentioned. Kirikas. Kirikas. So Ericsson's number one. Yeah. Probably at the bottom Soldado just because it didn't work out, but we love him. You've got to, you've got to take into account how much money some of the players cost. Well, like Chad, I'll put Chadley up there as one of the Chadley. better ones. Like I thought he was a good player, Chadley. Yeah. And Chad- we sold, we ended up selling him. We, we made money on him as well, didn't we? So we sold him on for a profit. West Brom then as well. He went to West Brom and scored two on his debut against West Ham, which is just like, he's brilliant. He scored some great goals for us. He scored the back, was it a back post folly against Stoke? Like absolutely rocketed it into that the top. That was the one ASD. You know what? You dug out that picture of us. Oh, there's a brilliant, it was yeah. that game. Was that there's game. a brilliant picture of me, Jack and Noah um, where we were caught like a close up on TV and someone screenshotted it in America on like NBC coverage or whatever it was because they recognised Noah and sent it to us. But we were on match of the day as well, I think. 2-0 um, down to Stoke after an hour, wasn't it? <laughs> it was awful. It was just awful. But you also scored. in the picture and Jack, you look worried. You look really worried. I'm just standing there thinking like this this could this go worse. Awful. This could <laughs> yeah. be three four, this game. Well Stoke was always the game when back in those days where it was the one game a year I considered just not going to because it was always awful. But we had some mad games. Do you remember the one you know the one I'm gonna bring up after I think it was the Real Madrid away game where Lennon bottled it and then we went two nil down to the player who used to play for us who just ran 
down the way and Kevin Wynn Jones, Mackie Edwinson and Kevin Jones, and then Crouch scored a hat trick in the first in first half, and it was three two. And it, um, but they were the only two good games. I went away but, to Stoke once, and it was a, it was a brilliant brilliant away day. Yeah. Um, Ida Johnson played up front on his own. This is how bad we were then. I remember and this. Eunice Cabal played centre midfield with Modric. Because they were so terrified of Delap's long throw yeah. that they put it was, it was Redknapp. He put Kabul centre midfield to just basically put your head on everything. If you get the ball, just give it to Modric. Don't matter where on the pitch you are, just give the ball to Modric. And um, we beat them two one. Johnson scored maybe the forty sixth or forty seventh minute, right after half time. And we were one nil up. We were we were battering them. Uh, Dean Whitehead got sent off for Stoke after an hour, so you're yeah. thinking, oh, we've got this one sorted. But then Spurs being Spurs, I think Asabi Cotto give a penalty away and they equalised. And then Cranchar won it with about seven oh, or eight minutes yeah. to go. And he scored a cracking, like, let the ball run across him just inside the area, put it bottom corner, down our end, like, come over and celebrate it in front of us. It, quality, absolutely quality day out. There's nothing better when you go to an away game and you nick it late on. It's just yeah. like, it's such a brilliant feeling. He's one of the most beautiful players to ever play for Spurs, I think. Crenshaw, brilliant. And Dorated Beauty. Oh, brilliant, brilliant as well. Him and when we had that Croatian thing, him, Modric, Choluka, Pletikoza, who never played for us, and who said... He was just Spurs. their mate, wasn't he? He was just their mate. It was brilliant. I remember going... I went to Croatia at that time and they had, like, fake Choluka shirts in, in split. <laughs> Great times. <laughs> I've never seen another fake Spurs shirt. Um, right, ranking. So we've got Ericsson number one. Who cost us eleven and a half million, which Brilliant. is unbelievable. The most expensive was Lamella at thirty million, but I don't know. Well, I think, I, I'd go Ericsson one, aren't they? You are. I said the Rabonas are probably worth. Oh, I hate them. So Ericsson number one. Chadley, you going I'll put Chadley as two. To be honest, yeah. I thought he was a good. He was a good buyer. Yeah, um, Soldado's at the bottom at six. So then that leaves us what? Paulinho, Kiriquez. It has to go from the bottom up. It has to go Soldado, Kiriquez, Paulinho, Lamella. Oh no, Capu, Lamella, Chadley, Eriksson. Capu was a. He was a, always felt he was a little bit unlucky at Spurs, Capu. Yeah. Because he had a bad injury, didn't he? And then he came back to, in the team. And I remember him having a place. He come, he'd been out for two, three months. He'd come back in to play centre-half against Liverpool when we got beat 5-0. And so it was Capu and Dawson at centre-half against Suarez. And it was like, no wonder no wonder that game was a bit of a car crash. Suarez needs to go down as one of the greatest strikers to ever play the game. I just What he's doing at Athletic, Athletic Madrid, like he won the league for him last year. I'm, I could talk about him. For, I, I just think he's brilliant. Like absolutely brilliant. I know he's, yeah. Anyway, he's, he, the amount of goals that he scored for Barcelona, like isn't he isn't he like Barcelona's second or third all-time top scorer? Like yeah. it's insane the amount of goals he scored for them, and no, also he doesn't get spoken about because of Messi. Yeah, it's 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 really harsh, really. You know, I think you're right, Esty. He's, he's up there. I mean, he he'll do anything to win, which is kind of I think that's what annoys people. Well, I, to be honest, with you, I've got nothing against him. I think he's a he's a brilliant player. Even now, he's still at the at the top level. So mm. yeah, he's not spoken. <laughs> no. Could I read you uh, the top three scorers for Barcelona? So Luis Suarez, a hundred. <coughs> I mean, this is mad. 198 goals and 209. Oh no, 198 official goals. Uh, Cesar Rodriguez, who's 1942. 
1955, 232 in second. Number one, Lionel Messi, 672. <laughs> but there was that thing, wasn't there, that he'd scored, he scored like more than 10% of Barcelona's goals in their history. He has scored and assisted more than, I think it's 11% of uh, all of Barcelona's goals in their history. It's ridiculous statistics, isn't it? But do you know what is even more realistic? Is that Messi and Ronaldo have only just gone past Jimmy Greaves' European scoring record. Like, And that, do you know what I mean? That shows you what a goal scorer Jimmy Greaves was. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, right. International break this weekend, no? Yeah, it's nice to have a break, isn't it? Nice to go out with a win as well. That, that's well, pretty good. I, I don't know if we needed the break. I don't feel like we needed it. As we, you know, I'd love to have seen us play Newcastle next week. Um, with what's going on in the world at the moment, you know, we're not completely out of the woods. We, you know, I'm, I'm slightly fearful of our players coming back from international duty with injuries. Um, you know, Romero just seems to seems to just get started to get going. What happens if he comes back with a knock or isn't ready to play? Um, what happens if he has to, we have to play Sanchez as a, as a result of that? So there's a lot of things that are, it's a, it's a chance, I suppose, for fans to be, at least, you know, we're, we're, we're four points off top. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? We're four points off the top. So it's not, it's good, isn't it? It's good to kind of just chill out a bit and maybe <clears throat> look for that reset button that will, will help us, but Newcastle seems like a, a great game to be playing next week after. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's that kind of game. I, I actually want to play it next. So I, I fancied it next week. I'm not sure if I fancy it after a, an international break. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how Man United's so high. They just they just haven't, well, they haven't won in, oh no, they, they snatched that Champions League game, didn't they? But they're, they're on a poor run of form, really. And Ollie's under pressure now. It's, it looks like it's going to, like, Liverpool and City look brilliant. Chelsea haven't been playing that great, but they've been digging some results out the last couple of weeks. It's going to be those three. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, thought yeah. This, at the start of the season, United with Ronaldo, you know, could, you know, potentially be a bit of a dark horse and put a run together. But, you know, they're just dropping silly points, aren't they? Yeah. So, like, I don't think United will be close enough. But Liverpool and City, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Again, they look, Liverpool look strong again. Like, you know, they they have got when they're if they can keep the majority of their squad fit, you know, they will push City all the way for sure. Yeah, they were so lucky on the weekend though. How Milner didn't give away a penalty and get sent off twice was disgusting. It's it's basically they're the new Man United now, just getting getting decisions they should never ever ever have got. What England? What are the England fixtures? I'll be honest with you, I've got no idea. I'm looking now. Uh, Tuesday, Saturday night, you've got Andorra, and oh, then Hungary. The big one on Saturday night. Well, Wales have got Czech Republic and Estonia. Things like games like Andorra, where I just think, you know, if if Southgate plays Kane, I think it's an absolute liberty. Just let play. You know, uh, uh, is it Bamford or whoever else is in the squad? Let him have that game. Let him get some sort of confidence because Kane will want to play just for the simple fact that he wants to break a record. But I just think. No, give it to give it to. I think is it Watkins? Is he not in the squad? Let him have. Let him have. There's so many on there. Just, just, just let anyone else have it. They don't need to play him. Like Hungary, I think didn't you beat Hungary four nil? And you beat Andorra four nil. This shouldn't be a problem at all. No. 
We've got big oh. big one against Czech Republic and a tough one against Estonia away on Monday the 11th. You're looking all right, are you looking all right though in the in qualification at the moment, FD? Or are you let me, uh, I'm not sure where we are on the table. We've got, You've got some decent players though, Wales, haven't you? Like, do you know what I mean? There are some decent players in there. There's some, but then there's like then there's backups to the championship. Like we've got a real stretch of, of like it's it's a tough mm. it's pretty tough, you know. Um, I don't know where we are. Let me have a look. But it, there's a lot of heart. Like Ampadoodle, I could talk about this for a long time. But yeah, there's some great players. Like um, Dan James is a superstar for Wales when he yeah. plays. Obviously, Bale loves it. We've got Rambo, Rodon, Davis. Like there's some great players dotted throughout. Um, and then there's some players who are just not as good as like your yeah. basic England players. And that's where we really fall down. Yeah. Um and we can get we can get got at by other teams who are just technically proficient. Yeah. And I suppose and if one of your bigger players or a couple of them are not absolutely on fire, then it. You, haven't, you haven't got anyone on the bench that can come on. But like if the, those players That's are it. on it, then you can cause most teams problems. Yeah, like Ramsey is so important for our team and he's always injured. Just mm. always, always injured. Um but I I I love him for it. Yeah, we're third at the moment, but we've only we played two games fewer than everywhere else. We're Belgium are running away with it as you'd expect, but we've got an amazing record against Belgium. Yeah. We beat them one nil in the qualifiers for the 2016 in a very emotional game, and then well they're, they're thinking about putting Wales back in the Millennium Stadium, which because at the moment we play at the Cardiff City Stadium, which is great. Cardiff City Stadium much smaller, like it, it's rocking all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but it just you sort of get drowned out. Like I've been in the Millennium Stadium when it's when it's half full, it's not it's not great, you know. So. You're better off, surely, more slightly smaller, more compact stadium. You know, yeah, like yeah. how, like it's basically, especially if you play a top team, it's like a, a struggling Premier League side. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Get the crowd be a 12th man and make it like everyone against Wales. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And we've got that mentality. Sometimes they take it on tour as well. Like they take it up to Wrexham, take it out to Swansea. And that's great. Love that. Get, Love that. And what's going on at Wrexham is absolutely mental for those who like. Been, um, you know, they, they've been bought out by Rob McElhenney and what's his face, and they're sponsored by TikTok and and it's they're winning as well. It, it, it's absolutely mental. They're making a, a documentary about it. And I know there's a financial side to it where, due to the way that um, franchises work in the States, there's only a limited amount of money you can make as an owner. So that's why British football is more interesting to Americans. But I, you'd just love to see it. Did you Rex- see them at the weekend? Time. I think it was Order Shot they were playing. Yeah. And they played them away and they were 2 0 up. And there was a downpour, and then Aldershot decided to abandon the game. <laughs> it was like, Away. Only in the lower leagues. Do you know what I mean? Because stuff like that happened. Well, Wrexham, because of all this, they're in FIFA this year, just yeah. randomly. And I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Right. Yeah. International week, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, like Don said, hopefully um, all the players come back fit with a bit of form. We take that into Newcastle. We could probably do a retro pod next week then. If there's no games to talk about, we could do a bit of a throwback. And uh, Stato, Stato was talking about potentially coming on as well. I've been um, chatting to him the last few weeks. So we'll try and get him on and do a bit of a throwback podcast. Something a little bit different, which is always a feel good. Yeah, g- give us a theme. Give the list, so listeners, tell us a theme. At underscore echoes of glory. At uh, echoes of glory pod at gmail.com, I yeah. think. like Give us a yeah. theme. Give, it, give us a challenge. And I'll come up with a good yeah. quiz as well. Yeah, brilliant. But look, ASD, great to chat to you as ever. Don, brilliant to have you back, mate. It's been ages, so uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, yeah, and thanks to everybody for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And remember, whatever happens, future's bright, the future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. 
I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.